Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Welcome to The Real Health Podcast with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Every single week, we bring you tips, tools, and tricks to improve your health. No gimmicks, no quick fixes, just real information, real knowledge that deliver real results. In today's episode, it's the fitness questions that everyone wants to know. I get asked them all the time on social media. We've had lots of emails in over the last 15 episodes to the Real Health Podcast. So today, we're going to answer some of those questions. The very first question to start, it's the most common one that we get. What is the quickest way to lose weight? The real answer to that, well, it's pretty simple. There is no magic quick fix pill, uh, exercise, or diet that will help you to lose weight in the long term. You'll see them, they'll be promoted to you, but actually losing weight is a very simple process. It's moving more, moving effectively. It's eating healthier, eating cleaner, and setting some targets to work towards. If weight loss is something that you want to do, well, the first thing you have to do is measure something. So start by weighing yourself. On a good scale, so either in the gym, uh, in a pharmacy, not the cheap scales that you get in the shops that cost about 15 to 20 euro, because you can be guaranteed they're not going to work. From there, you need to see what you're going to change. So let's look at your food. Um, let's not do the quick fix diet that might lose weight very quickly, because a lot of that is water. You see big, big results in a very short space of time. Chances are you're losing a huge amount of fluid from your body. We've seen teas, we've seen all those gimmicks. They're generally laxatives. Your body is just losing fluid. It's not losing actual weight. So to lose it properly, you've set your target. You know how much you want to lose. From there, easy. Let's change your diet. What do you do there? Well, first start, get a big box. Go into your kitchen. Fill that box of all the foods that you're not going to eat. And you know you shouldn't be eating, but they're in your cupboard, they're in your fridge, they're in your freezer, and they magically make their way into your mouth. Let's get rid of them. Let's get them out of the out of the cupboards, out of the house. Give them to your neighbor, bring them into work, give them to someone you don't like. Just give them away. Because if they're not there, you're not going to eat it. We're going to plan for success here, so let's get set up the kitchen. Let's set up where you're going to eat for success. In terms of foods... If you want to lose weight, eat normally. Don't cut anything out. Um, breakfast options would be porridge, um, eggs in any way, shape, or form. If you're scrambling them, no salt and no milk. That's very important. And no butter. Um, in terms of your snacks, then it's you know it's a handful of nuts. It's a piece of fruit. It's some yogurt. If you're having yogurt, add your own fruit in. Add your own nuts or seeds in. Don't have the flavored ones, ideally. Uh, lunch is soup, salad. If you're having a salad, it's protein and lots of color. Uh, if you're having a sandwich, go for a really good grained bread, like a whole grain bread or a granary bread will work really, really well. Again, go for some protein. So proteins are your meats, um, eggs, nuts, seeds. And if sandwich, they're going to be turkey, um, chicken, ideally. They're very lean and they're, really, they're the least processed. Uh, again, snack in the afternoon and then dinner will be protein. So a fistful of protein or maybe two fistfuls if you want. And lots of colored vegetables on the plate. And load up with your vegetables. They're really healthy of antioxidants and they fill you up really well also one of the key tips we give people for losing weight is the window within which you actually eat so we would recommend to our clients they eat in a 12-hour window 
So whenever your first meal is, whenever you have your breakfast, your final meal should be roughly 12 hours later, there or thereabouts. This allows 12 hours of your day for your body to process your meals, to catch up upon itself. And, you know, you'll hear the phrase, and we've had lots of emails about intermittent fasting, which is fasting for different periods of time over the course of the week. This is actually a version of it. So it's 12 hours eating, 12 hours letting your body process its food. So that's the food bit, eating five times a day, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, and dinner, and not cutting anything out. In terms of exercise, okay, you have to move more. Of course you do. Uh, Movement is really, really important. Every single pound of fat you want to lose has three and a half thousand calories. Just think about that for a sec. That quick fix diet you see on Facebook, rapid weight loss, three and a half thousand calories per pound of fat is what you have to deficit between your diet and your exercise to lose that pound. That takes time. And if you can lose one of those a week, it's amazing too, fantastic. But to do it, you have to have that deficit between exercise and between food improvements in your diet. That's how you hit those kind of numbers. If you want to make that visual, three and a half thousand calories is about two very large pizzas. It is about uh, five bottles of wine. It is about ten to twelve Mars bars. Um, that's the kind of that's. I just want to get home to you just the quantity of a calorie deficit to get a pound of weight loss and to make you feel empowered when you lose that pound. Um, in terms of the exercise, then two main things you have to do. One is your cardiovascular work. Of course it is. That's really, really important. That's anything that gets you out of breath, running, cycling, spinning, cross training, rowing, uh, mountain biking, surfing, uh, sex can even be cardiovascular once you're getting slightly out of breath. Um, that's an enjoyable way to lose a little bit of weight uh, over the course of this week, hopefully. Um, that's important. Getting slightly out of breath, working hard enough is crucial. There are two ways. You get a high intensity where you're fully out of breath and then you recover. Or you can go um, LIS, which is a lower intensity, steady state exercise. It's a very, very fancy word. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. Um, what it is, is working hard enough uh, over a longer period of time where you're never fully out of breath. And it's something we've been talking about for about 17 years. Um, and HIT has had very much its trend. Now it's coming back to lower intensity. So you've done your food, you've done your cardiovascular work, and now your resistance training. You need to lift some weights. You listening in are a weight, therefore doing a press-up, doing a squat, walking up and down the stairs, uh, doing a tricep dip. They're all resistance exercises and you can do them yourself free. You have to do them. It's really important. They're good for your body, good for weight loss as well. And that's pretty much it. So to lose weight the right way, to lose it quickly, oh, there's no quick fixes. You have to work a little bit harder to do that. Aim for one to two pounds a week uh, and that's long-term weight loss for you. Uh, There are lots of people who will sell it uh, a lot quicker than that but trust me from experience it does not stay off. So why waste your money um, and waste your hard-earned cash? Why not just lose it the right way and lose it the proper way? Okay that's question number one. I'm asked that all the time. People say it to me and that's the answer I give whether I'm at a wedding, whether a client's asked me face to face or on our podcast platform. I'm giving the very, very same advice. Sometimes it's not what you want to hear, but trust me, you want to lose weight the right way. That's exactly how you do it. And obviously measure your results on a consistent basis. Question number two that we see all the time is, are results really 80% diet? Is it that important? Well, We did a little bit of food in the first answer, and this one I want to expand on it a little bit further. Uh, First and foremost, you can't out-train a bad diet. 
That's the first thing. If you're eating McDonald's every single day, guess what? All the training in the world is not going to make a difference. Unless maybe you're 20 and have a really high metabolic rate. Um, there are certain people, you'll see them. They're very tall. They're very slim. Um, no matter what they eat, they're, go they're generally going to be slim because they've got a fast metabolic profile. Most people don't have that. If your diet's not good, all the training in the world isn't going to make a difference. And that especially happens as you get that little bit older. Um, the aging process kicks in. Your metabolism begins to slow down. It's like a rev counter in a car. As you get older, that metabolism slows down. So you find it harder to shift the weight and your food becomes even more important. And that's something I'm seeing myself in training for a big race in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, bike race around Ireland. I'm putting in probably 10 to 15 hours of hard training on a bike. Last week, I didn't lose a single pound. Yes, I lost a little bit of body fat, but uh, I didn't lose a pound because of the fact my metabolic profile is a little bit different. When I was in my 20s in Ironman training, I could drop three, four, five pounds in a week with a 20-hour training week. So things do change as you get older. And yes, food is absolutely crucial. One of the best ways to ensure that you improve your diet very, very quickly is to plan for that. And what I mean by that is we get all of our clients to do one big food shop every single week. That if we can control the food that goes in, we know the food's going to be healthier and the diet will be cleaner. Your shopping trolley should be full of things that are colourful for a start. And I don't mean filled with lots of E-numbers uh, and M&Ms. I mean lots of colourful veg, lots of lean proteins, water, nuts, seeds, um, lots of browns, brown pastas, brown rices, sweet potatoes, you know, really healthy, clean foods. If I see your shopping trolley um, over the course of the weekend and I have a look at what's in it, a healthy shopping trolley equals a healthy person. That's really, really important for getting your food on track. Second key tip is that you want to plan anywhere you spend time for health. So for example, on a Monday morning, I go into the gym, I bring uh, water, I bring nuts, seeds, apples, bananas. Uh, if I've had a really good planning day, I would bring in some food that I prepped before for lunch. But anywhere I spend time, my car is the same. The glove box in my car, there's a bag of cashew nuts, uh, there's water in there, and if I'm on a long journey, there's fruit. So if you're on commuting for a huge amount of time listening to the podcast and you're hungry, you have to have something in your backpack, something with you to eat. So when you get home, you're not ravenous or you're not ringing the takeaway on the way home. That's really, really important. There are two simple tips to improve your food. Uh, the other component of it is don't do the all or nothing approach. So don't try and cut everything out and try and be angelic over the course of the next batch of time. Because guess what? You might get two weeks, you might get three. And if you're super motivated, you may even get four weeks out of it. But I can guarantee whatever you've tried to cut out and not have ever again is the one thing you are going to crave. And eventually that craving will take over and you'll have it. Um, we see it in January every single year. It's one of the reasons people fall off the bandwagon when it comes to New Year's resolutions. I'm never having wine, takeaways, chocolate, anything ever again. And three or four weeks later, it's the one thing you want. And then you have more than you would have had over the course of the four weeks. So balance is important. We would get our clients to have one treat meal a week. Um, some people don't like the word treat, personally, I don't have an issue with it, but what happens there is it creates balance. So it's the 80-20 rule, not just in terms of food and exercise, but in terms of balance. So 80% of the time, you're super healthy, you're eating really well, and then 20% of the time, you have your treat. So that could be a meal out, that could be a pizza, that could be a chocolate bar, that could be a couple of glasses of wine, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. But that's where the balance comes from, and that creates long-term health, because you don't feel deprived, 
and then you have it, you enjoy it, and you get the very best quality. So say, for example, uh, an Indian takeaway is your treat at the weekend. Get the best Indian takeaway money can buy and savor it. It's really good quality. Or if it's uh, burger and chips, get the best burger and chips you can get. Don't get the crappy one. And enjoy it. Guilt-free. That's one of the secrets to having a long-term healthy diet, the 80-20 rule. 20% of the time, having the treat, enjoying it, and then the next day, get back on track. And it's one of the things I've used all the way through my life uh, as my own health's improved. It's one of the ways with which I've done it. If I'm at a wedding, I'll have a couple of drinks and enjoy it. If after a big long bike session at the weekend, I'll have maybe pizza that night and life is for a living. Um, I'm not a fan of the all or nothing approach when it comes to food. So the answer to the question, is um, it really 80% diet in terms of results? It's certainly there, but thereabouts, and I'm the exercise guy, but it's certainly 70%. It is crucially important, especially as you get older, to uh, eat healthily, have a balanced approach. But remember, all of the exercise in the world certainly won't train a bad diet. That's one thing I've learned from experience over the years. As ever, folks, you're listening to The Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry in association with Leia Healthcare. This is the fitness questions that everyone wants to know episode. We get emails, texts, posts all the time asking questions. All the, when I'm out at something, people ask me questions. So in this episode, we're tackling those questions. We're seeing, giving you the answers that you want to know to the most popular ones that we come across. Question number three, um, the best way to measure progress. Is it really weight? Is it BMI? Is it hip to weight ratio? Is it body fat? What is it? Now, folks, get your pen and papers out. This is going to be a good one. Um, Okay, first of all, measurement is crucial. That's the really important thing. Uh, If you've listened to the podcast um, before, hopefully you have. And if you haven't, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Um, Measurement is really important when it comes to health. Measure something. That's the important thing. By measuring something on a regular basis, you're far more likely to stay healthy, you're far more likely to stay focused, and you're far more likely to stay on track, whatever that measurement may be. So if you're starting off, it might be walking for 15 minutes and not feeling absolutely knackered after it. And that may become 20 and that may become 25. If you're fitter, it might be the amount of press-ups you can do in a minute. It might be the amount of chin-ups you can do. You can measure any number of things, but measurement is important. Um... When I'm asked about the best way to measure progress, it's hard to pick one. Uh, for example, it could be your resting heart rate. So as your resting heart rate begins to go down, it shows you that your body is fitter and adapting quicker. It could be your recovery from exercise, so the rate of recovery. Again, as you get fitter, the quicker you tend to recover. Um, weight is the thing most people use, and I suppose it's one of the most topical areas people talk about in terms of health. I use it uh, with my clients. I use it myself. Um, I think weight is an important tracker of, of weight loss, if weight loss is your target. Now, we measure lots more of other things. We talk, I'll talk about it in a sec. We measure you know, body fat. We measure inches. We measure uh, muscle mass, water mass, uh, bone densities. We measure all of these things using a Tanita body composition analyzer in our gym in, uh, in Pembroke Street. So that helps us to measure that. But we still use weight as a weekly tracker. Um, if someone's coming to me to lose weight, that's what I will help them do. I do believe weight's important. That brings us to the muscle versus fat debate. Oh, I'm not losing weight because I'm gaining loads of muscle. Uh, doesn't quite work that way. Uh, muscle and fat weigh the very same. A pound of muscle weighs the very same as a pound of fat. Apples and oranges. Um, what is different, though, and this is the, 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 the clarity bit, is that one takes up more space on the body than the other one. So muscle is denser, it's more compact, and it takes up less space. For example, if you make a tight fist as you're listening to the podcast, 
for example, that could be a pound of muscle. So your right hand's at its height of the fist, your left hand, open at your fingers. It takes it more space, so in front of your eye line, a finger is straight, takes it more space, it looks different. That's basically body fat in terms of visuals. Muscle is compact, fat is loose, softer, and it takes it more space in front of the eye line. But actually they both weigh the very, very same. It's just the density and the volume is different. Is it important to measure body fat? Yes, it is. And you want to see your body fat's coming down. But I believe and I've proved to my clients that we can you can lose weight um, and lose body fat at the same time. Of course you can. That's what you want to lose. Using the scales that we do, we have the ability to measure muscle mass and fat mass so we can track that. And we track that every four weeks with our clients and track a weekly weigh-in every single week. So yes, weight is important. Don't use the crappy scales. Um, um, Tanita are brilliant. If you have 3,000 euro to spare, that's what we <laughs> spent on ours. Most people don't. Uh, but Nokia have a really good one. Um, I have no affiliation with Nokia whatsoever. It's just a very good scale. So you can get it on the, on the Apple store. Or I think Harvey Normans may have it as well. It is really good. It's a wireless weighing scale. It takes body fats. It takes... Um, muscle mass as well. It's reasonably accurate uh, in relation to our, our three grand Tanita scales because we tracked them and we tried them over the course of the last year or so. And it's actually very, very good. So that's the waist uh, conversation had. Um, BMI, okay, BMI says you should be a certain weight for a certain height. I don't really buy into the BMI debate purely because of the fact there's just more things going on. It's a, it's a standardized measure. It doesn't take into account your structure, your bone structure, where you carry your weight. Uh, it doesn't take into account a lot of things so it wouldn't be one of the things that I would use as a as a personal trainer um yes we, we, our scales gives us the information but we don't actually we don't pay a huge amount of attention to it I prefer to measure someone but it's easier for me because I've been doing it for a very long a very long time um what else can you measure your heart rate we talked about that we also use a tape measure old school you can go into your chemist cost you one euro fifty and you can measure things so we measure people's neck we measure their right arm their uh, bust the waistline, which is where your belly button is, by the way, if you're wondering. So it's not the, the narrowest part of your body that everyone tends to measure. It's your belly button. Put your finger on it, breathe out, and then measure it with a tape measure. And you get a real indicator of your waistline. It should ideally be below 40 inches. The government RDAs are a bit lower. I actually think they're kind of too low. Um, 40 inches seems to be the medical. Above 40 inches, you're in the high-risk categories for cardiovascular disease and all that kind of stuff. So waistline is a brilliant... Oh, my God, it's brilliant. If you measure one thing... Try the waistline one, because if we can get your waistline down, you're healthier. Don't cheat yourself. To, uh, take a true measurement. That's important. Uh, measure once a week, same time, same day. Whether it's weight, whether it's body fat, whether it's uh, inches, whether it's resting heart rate, whether it's a one-mile sprint. Same time, same day. You know, don't... don't The, the, the trainer cheat. We don't do it, but I'm going to tell you about it because it's really important. Is on your very first session, you'll come in at the evening time. They will weigh and measure you in the evening. And then your next session, magically, uh, they'll weigh you in the morning time. And you've lost so much weight and done really well. Uh-uh. It's got to be the same time, same day. And if it's not, they need to make you aware of it. That's really, really important. Um, look, the key thing there is pick one thing that works for you to measure your progress. Measure it consistently and you want to see it change. If it doesn't change, work harder. Uh, or get seek advice or begin to measure something else. Okay, folks, we're doing really well. That's three questions in. We've got two more to go. We've picked five questions 
to answer from all the questions that we get in on this episode. Hope you're enjoying everything so far. And if you ever, ever do have any questions, it's realhealth at independent.ie. It's hashtag realhealthpodcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and just send them in to us. We'll try and get them if we can. We'll try and reply to them as well if we can. Sometimes we can with the volume of emails that we get in. But uh, we will certainly do an episode like this every now and again just to pick up the questions that you guys as listeners are sending us in. Um the fourth question, and sometimes it's more of a statement than a question, but we see it coming through quite a quite a lot on emails, which is, I really want to get healthy, but I'm too busy, and I can't do it because I'm too busy, and it's just too busy, therefore I'm going to be unhealthy, and that's just the way it's going to be. Um, okay, let's just dissect that a little bit. If you really, really, really want to do something, you'll make it happen. Um, and that's important to say. I'm not, I'm not being cheeky by saying that. But my point there is, if you want to make the changes, you'll make them. Even if you are incredibly busy, and people are, I know that, um, I work a lot myself, you've got to make it work around it. So simple things can make those changes. Can you get up half an hour earlier in the morning? Can you? Can you pre-prepare your breakfast the night before? Is it overnight oats, which everyone's making for breakfast? Um, and next week we'll have two fabulous um, cooks in to tell us all about the best ways to make those overnight oats. But, you know, can you prep it the night before? Can you spend 10 minutes making your breakfast, sleeping your porridge overnight maybe in a, on the hob, which is something I do, um, or getting your lunch ready? Can you prep your gear bag, your clothes, so that your whole start to your day is more positive and flows a bit better as opposed to chaos when you're five minutes late and you're firing in the house and you've forgotten everything to, to bring into work? So that's the first thing. Plan and try and look at the areas of your life. Can you get up half an hour earlier? Can you prep, prep stuff the night before? Can you get off the bus one stop earlier? If you're going to a meeting in town from another office, can you walk instead of getting a cab? Can you use the stairs? Can you have a have a walking meeting? Can you pick a certain sele- uh, selection of, of delis or shops or cafes to eat from that you know serve healthy food and that you book those places for your meetings? Or if you're ordering in, do you have an office policy for certain places to deliver certain types of food? Do you ban the Danish from the boardroom, which we've done for lots of our corporate clients, <laughs> to consternation for about a week, and then people get into the hummus and carrot sticks and celery sticks uh, thing. But these are all simple changes that work in a busy lifestyle. If you're traveling a huge amount with work, you know, has the hotel got a gym? Has it not? Book a hotel with a gym. Don't do what everyone does, which is get to your hotel room, take off your shoes and lie down in the bed for five minutes before you go out for your exercise, and then your exercise never happens. When you're walking through an airport, we were in Boston with the podcast recently. Hope you heard it. Um, I'm fascinated by airports. They are f- unbelievable. Walking through Dublin Airport, everyone's on the escalators. They're all on travelators. I'm walking with my feet looking like the odd one out because I'm just walking along. Use your feet. Use the stairs. Get off the plane. Don't wait to queue for the escalator. Use the stairs that nobody uses and make health work for you. If you are parking somewhere, don't be the one who circles the car park to park closest to the door. You know, park further away and walk. If you're picking your child up from school, can you walk a little, some of that or a lot of that and avoid the traffic? If you're really busy, you have to plan a little bit more. You have to reflect a little bit more. And you have to build exercise and health into your life a little bit more. For example, if you're too busy to cook, we see that all the time. Can you use one of the meal prep companies? There's loads of them now. Um, there's loads of them. Just Google meal, you know, meal preps Ireland. They will deliver healthy meals to your home or your workplace, and you can put them in the freezer or the fridge. They're pre-done. They're healthy, and they're all nutritionally balanced. Great. There's an easy way to do it. Um, in terms of exercise, 
fit it in, squeeze into your day, meet a friend for lunch. Worst comes to worst, book an appointment with a trainer and make a priority of having that one hour of, of your time. Or on a corporate level, you know, you've got to get your company working for health. To start a couch to 5K program in the company. Start exercise classes in the company maybe as well. Banish the Danishes from the uh, boardroom. Simple ways work. And if you're really busy, those simple ways are very, very important. Okay, question number five. I hope you've enjoyed the questions so far. This is a different kind of podcast episode, and it's really good fun just to give you tips on these questions because these are things I get asked absolutely everywhere. When we do Q&As on Instagram, this is the kind of stuff that comes through, and I'm limited to the words that I have. So at least on the podcast, I can talk a little bit longer and give you a little bit more detail. Um, The fifth question is, oh, we get this all the time, mainly from women, Uh, actually 99.9% from women. Will lifting weights make me bigger? I've seen people on Instagram and they're big and muscly and angry, aggressive looking and I don't want to look like that. Okay, um, right, okay, let's look at this. So, first and foremost, um, what is lifting a weight? A weight is lifting anything, whether it's your body weight or a weight in a gym. That's the first thing, that's what weight training is. What does it do? Weight training helps to slow down the aging process. It helps speed up your metabolic rate, so you burn calories uh, faster during the day. It helps to improve muscle uh, mass and muscle tissue, which we need and we actually lose as we get older. It helps to reduce body fat, which we gain as we get older. That's how it helps to slow down the aging process. It reduces the risk of osteoporosis, arthritis, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. There's nothing that resistance training doesn't do. And I get asked that all the time. What's the best type of exercise? And, you know, resi- if I can only pick one, which I generally don't be pick all three, you know, all three. But um, resistance is the one that I generally pick because it's so beneficial. It's just there's nothing it doesn't do. Some women um, worry that it's going to make them bigger. And here's where I suppose it's the important bit that it's the style of training that you do, which will have the impact on your physique. Me, I'm trained um, with a high rep count. So my clients do 15 reps or 20 repetitions of exercises. I use light weights so that they struggle in the last two reps of the exercise. And I'm trained in very much in in toning and shaping and sculpting. Um, I have a a science degree from UCD in sports sports management and sports science. But I also have a body sculpting degree from... um, the American Academy of Body Sculpting, and that's what I do. I sculpt bodies, but the way with which I'm trying to do it is using light weights, using angles and ranges of motion and combinations of exercise, and that everything has a proportion. So, for example, I measure my clients. I measure their neck, arm, bust, waist, hips, legs, and calves, and I have a symmetry and a proportion that I'm working to get towards that everything kind of has a certain proportion on the body. Sometimes women are afraid of weights because they see um, they see other women who may have developed you know thicker legs, thicker arms, rounded shoulders, big trapezius muscles at the back of the neck. Yes, that can happen uh, if the style of training um, uh, is a certain way. So it's generally more of a, a power lifter physique or more of a an athletic physique and the type of training will lead to that physique. You'll know very, very quickly if you go into a gym, you'll just look around you, look at the style of the gym, look at the atmosphere in the gym and you'll know very, very quickly the kind of physique that the people who go to that gym uh, are looking to attain or that the trainer is looking to attain. I do think over the past couple of years, strength and conditioning is a lot of what is being pushed as personal training. In my opinion, they are two very, very different things. Being strong is brilliant. Resistance training will make you stronger, whether it's with a lighter weight or a heavy weight. 
it's all down to how strong you want to be. Some people um, want to come in to lift, deadlift 100 kilograms. Personally, I don't have an interest in that and it doesn't float my boat whatsoever. I want to improve somebody's strength, but I want to improve their shape and their tone and, and, you know, give them the result that they're looking for. So the answer to the question, will it make you bigger? It shouldn't, is my answer. Um, Does it happen? Yes, sometimes it does. And it's down to the style of training and the genetic physique of the person doing that training. Some people can lift very heavy weights. I've seen it. I've seen models who do it. And they look amazing, but they're going to a brilliant trainer who specializes in that type of training and delivers a physique that's you know really feminine as well. Uh, some people who are just lifting heavy weights for the, for, without instruction and without the right advice, can they get bigger? Yes, they can. Their legs, their glutes, their shoulders, their arms can create the physique that a lot of people don't want and it scares them away. But there's no reason to be scared whatsoever. Like anything, it's about research. Research the trainer you're working with. Research the gym. If you want, chat to some of their clients. If someone comes into me and wants to chat to my client that I've worked with, no problem. I give them a list of any of my client base who, who want to chat to them. And they, you know, do your research. Make sure you find the right trainer for you who delivers the results that you're looking for, not the results that they're looking for. And that's really, really important. Folks, as ever, you're listening to The Real Health Podcast with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. In this episode, it's been so much fun to spend a little bit of time looking at the questions that come in and having kind of five, six minutes per question to give you the content, the knowledge, the expertise, I suppose, to make the right decisions yourself and make the right choices. Help has to work for you. That's really important. And every question that comes in, it's what I'm always looking for. Is health working for this person or is it not? As ever, any questions, you know where we are. It's realhealth at independent.ie. It's hashtag realhealthpodcast on Twitter and on Instagram. To the over quarter of a million people so far who have tuned in to the Real Health Podcast, thank you so, so much. It's been just amazing to see how people have reacted. We've got an amazing episode coming next week. We've got two people coming into the studio who you will absolutely love. And we've got lots more exciting news coming up. So that's it for this week. Have a great week and we'll see you soon. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.